Hello everyone, welcome to Slightly Something Else. Uh, I'm Yati Krojur and I'm joined by Marty Sleever as always. Hello, a day everyone. late, uh, hopefully not a dollar short, certainly not for today, the current goal. You're going it. to be playing Devil May Cry 110% apparently. Uh, oh my god, it's so much Devil May Cry. Yeah, we're going to play that whole series. And apparently Devil May Cry 2 is the bad one and people are excited for us to play the bad one. Are you going to play DMC Devil May Cry? Casey and I both like that one, so I think so. Fair enough. Also, Yatsuki, we finished Portal 2. And let me tell you, Portal <gasps> 2, what a game! Funny that, yeah. <laughs> it's so good! <clears throat> yeah, funny yeah. how like, a game remembered as a classic is a good game. It's a really good game, yeah. Maybe they just shouldn't make a third one. Maybe just keep it keep it as two really good games and just never never go back to it. Well, it's, well it would be hard to uh, go up from that peak, I suppose. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know where Portal 2 ends? In space. Yeah, there you go. That certainly does. And that brings us to our admittedly slightly vague topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Starfield and how to do space in games. Now, I'm sure we both have very interesting opinions on Starfield, so much so that I get paid to provide it uh, this Wednesday. And we'll try not to give too much of it today. Mm-hmm. But what was yeah, your fancies, opinion on... The fancies will be able to um, to see your review on Wednesday. Yes, uh, and hopefully most of the listeners are fancies. If not, yeah. what's the point? There's a lot of, a lot of fancies. Um, so yeah, I tried over the weekend. I I I, ha- I was just going to play the game on Game Pass, but I decided to spend the extra $30 to get the Deluxe Edition upgrade mm. so I could get started early because I'm like, I'm going to get all sorts of opinions on it. And I've played about five hours, I want to say. And I realized that I don't think... I the Bethesda games are made for me. I think Bethesda right. games are a little too rich and a little too broad uh for my blood. And I was never able to get into Skyrim, I was never able to get into Fallout. Um and while I love the idea of space as a setting and especially kind of like optimistic space, like the the NASA punk that's been coined over the past couple decades, um I I don't think that the sort of the broad sweeping scope of Starfield is quite the kind of space I want to play in in a game. Well, I hate to say it, but have you considered that maybe this is one of those games that gets better later? <laughs> a lot of people have been saying that. A lot of people have been saying, you just wait until you get to New Game Plus. That is yeah. when stuff really starts popping off. Yeah, and... if you have to wait till New Game Plus, then yeah, I don't buy that. That is not a good yeah. game. Space is already, there's already so much in the the concept of space there's already so it's already such a sort of vast playing field that the idea of having to go through it once before it really gets your hooks in you um is is something that seems a little uh seems a little much to me well this is certainly contrasting with the opinion nick's been quoting on twitter yeah uh, quite a lot recently he's he can't get enough of that starfield he's yeah. officially one of starfield and friends mm-hmm <laughs> Uh, I feel I've heard uh, the Garfield joke before, but I've never heard the Garfield and Friends joke. As I said, uh, I won't give away too much of my views because uh, you have to pay for this week's zero punctuation for that. But I will say that I, as could probably be predicted, fall more on your side of things than Nick's. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm also of the view that it doesn't start well. And I think it actually uh, holds up pretty badly if you compare it to Skyrim, because Skyrim has a great opening, it's mimetic yeah. even. Yeah, yeah. 
you're, you're just about to get decapitated. You're moments away from getting executed with no apparent avenue of escape. And then a cocking great dragon comes down and like mm-hmm. smashes up the place and you're, everything's confused and you're on the run. In, com- in contrast, Starfield's opening, I found very quickly, was just boring me senseless. The, in, the, in terms of the opening to its plot. Yeah. It's... Space is a hard thing to introduce people to, right? Because yeah. you can either sort of... If Starfield doesn't introduce you to the vastness of space, it very much railroads you for the opening 45, 90 yeah. minutes. Um, because if you just put someone in a ship and then say, all right, there's a thousand planets, go nuts. Like you... I feel like a lot of players would just have choice paralysis. So mm. they need to start you with something guided in an experience that is ultimately going to be very unguided, which is a strange uh, dynamic there. Yeah. So if I were to like recommend a way to enjoy Starfield, just kick the main plot in the head. Just mm-hmm. uh, just come up with your own goal. What I did was that there was when, when you get to like the Society of Adventurers, who were all absolute pillocks, but well, that's a different topic altogether. Yeah. Uh, there's a little computer that gives you little like surveying jobs. They mm-hmm. go to such and such system and find one planet that has such and such feature. So I did that and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed going to the Tau City system and just going to each, systematically going to each planet and exploring them. And while I was doing that, I got embroiled in a side mission where I had to help a bunch of farmers uh, fight off a pirate group. And I enjoyed that as well because I was playing the game on my own terms then. But it's interesting you talk about uh, Starfield being a big, expansive experience and how it brings out the the vastness of space, because I feel like the vastness of space absolutely does not come across in Starfield, and I put that down to mm. the fact that I basically fast travel absolutely everywhere in that game. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, so, and sometimes so instead of to... space being like a physical space, it is just yeah. nodes. It's just a bunch of different nodes to you yeah. levels. Because there's no there's no point in like being in the cockpit unless you're having a fight with someone. Because you, mm-hmm. you fast travel to get to a star system, you fast travel to get down to the ground, and then you fast travel back into orbit. Yeah. Occasionally, it forces you to watch a little pre baked animation of uh, going through warp space or whatever, and it seems very arbitrary when it actually requires you to do that. Uh, but um, I guess that's my problem. The space, the space in Starfield just doesn't feel big. It, it feels big in something like Elite Dangerous because you actually have to sure. do the, put the travel time in. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's uh, there's sort of a, a, a cottage industry of space games that uh, really appeal to the uh, sort of treating space as a process. And so you have your star citizens, whether that's real or not, but that game is very much about the process of having to take an elevator down to the bay and walk over to your ship and get into your ship. And Well, it's immersive. That is immersed. Yeah. What we're talking about there is immersion as opposed to yeah. the Starfield approach, which is also yeah. the, like the Elder Scrolls approach because you just fast travel everywhere in that as well. Sure, sure. Um, but but it, you know, we, yeah. like you mentioned Elite Dangerous, you also have, you know, EVE Online, which which we did our doc on. We have another doc coming. Um, uh, that's like absolutely not about traversal, is it, EVE Online? That's about no. spreadsheets. Spreadsheets and the sort of the dynamic stories that could come from throwing tens of thousands of players into a single Yeah, that's the, that's the meta, happens. meta, meta, meta game, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting when you go back, like, is was space the first popular genre of video game like so many of the arcade classics oh were space themed you had galaga space invaders asteroids 
uh, Defender, Missile Command. That's, I think that's, Tempest was space. That's science fiction themed. If you want to talk about like a sp- like a space game, uh, then the first one of those would probably be Elite on the uh, Spectrum Stroke BBC Micro. The first I mean, space. I would say all those games I mentioned were space games. But did they actually? Well, this is where we get into a semantic argument, I suppose. What do you mean by a space sure. game? Just a game that's set in space, where you're a spaceship and the enemies are like aliens, or a game well, that actually makes the most of the vastness and the explorative appeal of space. So the, yeah, that's a that's a good point. I feel like space can be used either space can either be the main course of your dish, like in something like Elite Dangerous or Eve Online, <laughs> or space can be um, flavoring in another mm. dish with your you know your dead spaces um the, the game like xenosaga among us like spaces kind of yeah not a backdrop but space like it is a blank game that happens to be in space it's like space is like the ocean it's uh everyone knows what it is and mm-hmm. setting your game in it adds this like whole extra set of rules like in dead space uh it's very effective horror but partially because of the total isolation of being in a spaceship uh-huh. There's yeah, absolutely yeah. no. Uh, if, even if you get out, you're going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just run away. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's uh, space as a setting. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with the subject of Starfield, uh, I was thinking more in terms of space, ex- space as a, a physical concept to explore okay. in a game. And I think as a final frontier. If you will. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were talking about Elite, which is all about. Uh, traversing across space to get to things uh i feel like the trouble with space as a like a flight simulator setting is Mm -hmm. that there's literally nothing in it so all you can do is just freely move in every imaginable direction yeah and when you have that it's sort of lacking in uh interesting traversal mechanics i've been writing i've been writing about traversal because i'm going to do an extra punctuation on it having played like bomb rush cyberfunk and being reminded how much i enjoy games that just make the simple act of a getting for me to be an interesting challenge Mm -hmm. space exploration usually just comes down to point to a dot and then uh, hold down the forward button yeah yeah i mean there was a long time like space and other mediums like I don't know, was it not until Star Wars came along that made, like, space battles interesting and space traversal? traversal? Well, like, the before, Star Trek space battles were yeah. really interesting. Well, before it was Star Wars, it was 2001 A Space Odyssey, and that absolutely is not about uh, space battles. But, of course, yeah. when you talk about space battling in Star Wars, you're really just talking about dogfighting. Dogfighting, yeah, and a lot of times it'll be like, oh, we'll have it over this planet, so you yeah. have a frame of reference of up and down and everything, and we're really not going to really treat the idea of, like, this is 360 degrees. There is no ground and ceiling. I am lost and I don't know what I'm doing. Which is how I feel a lot yeah. of times when I'm doing 360 degree space battles in games. I'm like, I am so turned around. I do not know what's happening. Yeah. See, I like space exploration. I like uh, playing Elite just because it's a nice, like, chill out experience. Mm-hmm. And the dogfighting, I can take or leave because um, most of it just comes down to swing around until you can get the dot into your sights and then yeah. hold down fire while it's in your sights. Yeah. Never been a big fan of flight simulators for that either. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem is like you, I feel like for me personally, the more arcadey it is, the more entertaining it is when your ship doesn't move like a ship, when it moves like, Mm. you know, in like Star Wars Rogue Squadron or Rogue Leader, like those games, like you're dogfighting, but like it's, it doesn't feel like you're trying to maneuver like a giant several ton 
piece of, of metal. Well, in, how in could it? Because you're in you're in hard vacuum. There is yeah. uh, absolutely nothing that could be acting upon your vehicle yeah. to make it act in any kind of unpredictable way. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess that's hard to sort of relay that tactile information. Yeah. Um, and even if you like people. surround uh, yourself in hazards like asteroids or missiles or whatever, yeah. uh, the question "How will we escape from this?" is answered by saying, "We'll just move out of the way and go to another point in the infinite space we can occupy at, at this moment." Yeah, yeah. So, like, what is it about space that has been like such a uh, such a go to genre for? game like if you look at some of the like, most beloved games of the century you have a handful of them that i would say are, are space games you have you have your mass effects you have ftl mm. outer wilds well that you know, all comes across all spectrums i think the interesting like connecting point between all those games is that it's not so much the space as the things you find in space if you keep exploring the space mm-hmm. i mean the interesting part of mass effect uh that's another game that just fast travels uh to, directly to the planets incidentally yeah uh, uh, is is the planets the sheer variety of alien cultures and things you can see? It's why I enjoyed mm-hmm. um, Remnant from the Ashes because uh, you're not just on one world; you're on multiple worlds. They could have had like a, a theme where you have to travel on a spaceship to get to them all. They just couldn't be asked. Yeah. Instead, you have yeah, to they realized the yeah. fun was seeing the new thing, not like how do they all coalesce and come together. Yeah. So basically, it just comes down to you can do whatever you want in terms of setting in space mm-hmm. it's a, a land of infinite opportunity i mean starfield has planets where it's basically cyberpunk and planets where it's basically fallout and planets yeah. where it's basically mass effect mm-hmm. you can do all kinds of different settings in space because you can just go to a different planet yeah and i mean the theme it does seem like at least like american sci-fi leans so heavily into space as the western like that sort of you know, firefly, and even Starfield has that well, kind you, of. Motif you say American, point. but you know one of the tent poles of that particular genre is, of course, Cowboy Bebop. That's true. Yeah, that's uh, not American at all. Yeah, but that's, that's just yeah, the space like the West. I wouldn't say it's exclusively an American thing because that's uh, a natural place to go because both the Wild West and space are dealing with the subject of frontiers. Mm-hmm. The final frontier, as yeah. uh, certain space captains have said. Uh, in in the Wild West, it was all about, we don't really know what's going on in all this empty space that surrounds our little villages and uh, mm-hmm. one-horse towns. Uh, and so we invent all these tales of adventure that are happening in the midst of it. Yeah. And same thing with space. We don't really know what's going on on the other side of all that space. So let's make it something fun. But I feel like the problem is if you... If you try to por- portray space realistically, then that's hard. Like, you're going to be spending a long time doing nothing. It's yeah. like if you take a cross country road trip and then you get to like Nebraska and you're like, oh, this is, all, this is a very long state without a lot of exciting things to see. Well, that's sort of exposed by No Man's Sky and the procedural wilderness element of Starfield, which is very No Man's Sky reminiscent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, turns out most planets just sort of kind of get kind of samey. Mm-hmm. It's all just rocky landscapes and plants yeah and a small variety of alien monsters yeah i mentioned it earlier and i think the 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 space game that has kind of captured the feeling of space exploration uh at the same level a lot of movies i think have captured it really well you know you mentioned 2001 we can talk about star wars uh 
Ad Astra, Interstellar, Gravity, mm. Solaris, um, First Man, a bunch of movies. Uh, Outer Wilds, because Outer Wilds is like a it's a pocket galaxy. It is a yeah. small. There's only a handful of planets. You literally can't be flying out for too long because every 15 minutes or so, the the the, the sun's going to explode and you're going to have to restart. And it, it but it does capture the feeling of taking off from a planet, charting a course and then like going through the atmosphere and landing on the planet and being like, well, what the hell is this place yeah. going to be? And you're like, oh, it's a giant ocean with just tornadoes everywhere. What you want is to like, recreate the Star Trek thing where they just go down on a planet and some kind of adventure happens. Yeah, but, yeah. Because what it comes down to is that in Star Trek, uh, it's not so much exploring wild planets as it is like uh, the machinations of space empires and uh, civilizations mm -hmm. and unknown uh, intelligences. And that's yeah. basically all Star Trek is, unknown life and unknown civilizations and uh, our mm -hmm. interactions with same in a sort of weird uh, procedural kind of way. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. And that's the one thing you can never get, you'll never be able to procedurally generate, really. Like uh, having a procedurally generated universe full of different civilizations with different, uh, yeah, different uh, cultures and approaches to things. That's all social. Yeah, you, you could do the. Uh, you could have like, oh, here's a bunch of randomly generated creature, like a no man's sky or, yeah. or something weird out of spore, but like Who, it's yeah. not gonna have a history to it. Yeah. Who cares? It's just yeah. uh, something that wiggles around and tries to bite my bum while I'm trying to mine yeah. platinum. <laughs> not my bum. Uh, Mining Platinum, speaking of that, uh, that that reminded me of one of your favorite games in the last couple of years uh, with the terrible name Hard Space Shipbreaker. I never Did know when you're going to be long? sarcastic when you say one of my favorite games in recent years. <laughs> it sounded like I could have easily zigzagged into Balan, but I didn't Balan. I just remember Hard Space is a game I have not played, but I know you liked quite a bit. Yeah, and what I liked about it is that it is kind of boring and zone out. Mm-hmm. And there's and uh, the 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 best kind of boring zone out games actually have a lot of interesting stuff uh, in the hidden in the cracks. They're just sort yeah. of you just sort of stumble into as you're going about your boring business. Mm -hmm. uh, in that case, it's got a, a quite an interesting plot, even though it's delivered a little clumsily. And uh, as you're like going through the routine of soaring up spaceships, you find like the little pockets of uh, what you can imagine life on this spaceship was like. You find mm -hmm. like a little seating area and the tables and little like lost crisp packets and thinking what life did this spaceship have before it came to this soulless cutting everything up yard to be cut yeah. up by me and my minimum wage friends. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't, it also, the stuff came to you. You didn't have to go out searching for it, right? No. Like it wasn't you spending an hour being like, I hope I find something fun out here. No, you're just uh, like a low-level worker at a cutting yard, and the higher-ups the cutting yard say, hey, here's some spaceships we found. Cut them up, please. Yeah. And you cut them yeah. up. It's like, being the, it's like being a cashier at a supermarket and watching like the specific groceries that a single customer has and like making ideas up in your head about what this person is like based sure, on what groceries sure. they're buying. 
Man, I, 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 wor- I worked this summer. One of my first jobs was uh, as a cashier at a grocery store, and I uh, never did that, and I now regret it because I feel like that would have made the shift go a lot faster. I feel like I would have done that. I did like a, yeah. like a shitty job once uh, transcribing old records from the uh, Queensland Department of Births, Marriages, and Deaths, and it was all like dry data, but uh, sure. to pass the time, you sort of – Try to imagine the situation in your head. Because this this was rural Queensland, so you'd find like a marriage certificate where the marriage was between like a 17-year-old girl and a 54-year-old man. Oh, no. And they already had... What are we doing? And they already had three children. Oh, no. Queensland. Yeah, you just... Yeah, there's a lot of bumfuck territory (laughs) once you get away from the coast in Queensland. See, an easy easy way to make shifts go by by fast. And uh, I guess... That sort of like work a day dad game is something I also got from Elite Dangerous because uh, the essence of that game is, uh, depending on what path you take, is delivering crates across space, mm-hmm. which is something I'm ev- very deliberately evoking in my game that I'm working on, Star Trek Vagabond. Yeah. yeah. Is there something in? Uh, I'll actually say that question because someone asks about your game in a super chat. I know okay, we'll so. get to we'll oh, get awesome. to that later. Then we'll get to that there. Um, uh. What about FTL? Were you a big FTL fan? Oh, yeah. I got to the, like, a thousand hours of FTL clocked up. Holy shit. That's a lot of hours. Yeah, though, having said that, I haven't played it in years. Because there's always new things to play, I suppose. I guess I had, like, sure, one yeah. of my temporary fixations on it that I had with, yeah. like, Persona 4 at one point. So what did uh, what did that do with the concept of space um, that sort of hooked you like that? Or was it less about the concept of space and more of just the general loop itself? Yeah, it's Like, if that game were set on the water... Would that? Yeah, that's interesting. I, mean, I would have I think, liked it even more, right? I guess I liked um, the battling system just because uh, the actual uh, traversal and movement factor isn't completely taken out, and it's just about uh, where you aim your weapons and uh, where you've positioned your, the important parts of your ship. Because uh, of course, all that's between the two ships is vacuum, as I've talked about, and I suppose that appealed to me a lot more than dogfighting in space did. Because, yeah, uh, as I was saying, just have lining up stuff in your crosshairs and shooting was less interesting to me than FTL's concept of having to be strategic about which part of the ship you're shooting at, and uh, uh, that sort of thing. So it kept it simpler. Is that what sort of? It, it did space simple? Is that what kept it? I, I guess it was just more interesting to me. Like The nuts and bolts of what to aim your weapons at on the enemy's ship was more interesting to me than having to get gotcha. having to move around space, moving around yeah. empty space to get each other in a position to shoot. Yeah, yeah. It was more, uh, yeah, it was more about the like genuine decision making than the kind of the moment to moment reflex. But having to fly around the vacuum of space, which as I've established is a vacuum and not that interesting to fly around in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. Um, it's funny because I don't get the same. Again, with the caveat that you know, it sounds like the more you put into Starfield, the more you get from it. I just don't know if I'm gonna get over the hump of putting enough in, but I don't get those same kind of feelings of of awe and wonder and spectacle that I do. You know, riding my horse uh, through Red Dead Two, or or jumping yeah. off a sky island in, in Tears of the Kingdom. Or, and ironically, you know, you know like the that. scenery is better in a game like Red Dead Redemption. I mean, yeah, space, I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah. space can be breathtaking a few times, but if it's all yeah. you look at, there's a you get bored of it pretty quick. Just vast, yeah. incomprehensible things a long way away, where you can't do anything about it. 
Well, especially if you try to like Starfield feels like it tries to portray somewhat realistic space. And again, I, I, I think that might change the deeper and further you get into it, which yeah, would make sense. Yeah, you can out see you get... they're definitely trying to evoke the air of like real life space travel with the interiors of the spaceships and yeah. spacesuits everyone wears. But it's one of those like I almost want to land on a planet and have it like almost not be able to comprehend what is going on in this place. You know, have mm. it be so alien, so different that I can't just be like, well, that kind of looks like Mars or that kind of looks like mm. the moon, but a slightly right. different color. You, uh, want your, you want your outer wilds again, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, I want my outer wilds and I almost want the, like, the planets to be like, I don't know, reductive, I guess, is like themed like an old platformer level where I'm like, oh no, this is the ghost planet. Or like, oh yeah, but, no, this is, this is the desert planet. Yeah, when you talk about that, I think of playing Remnant 2 and going mm-hmm. to the purple planet which is probably one of the worst parts of the game. But uh, when you first yeah. go out into the desert and look into the sky and there's just these vast, impossible, cosmic ballet of elements. Mm-hmm. And, and you, that really gives the impression of this universe has gone through some shit. Yeah, we're, like I like, am not in somewhere familiar. Yeah. Like we're probably in like like a dying universe, as mm-hmm. most Souls-like settings seem to be. But this universe has definitely seen some interesting shit in its lifetime. Yeah, we're now sweeping up at the end and putting the chairs on the tables. And I know uh, another game that did that for me, and I know I I think I liked it more than you did, was the Gardens of the Galaxy movie or game from a few years ago. Um, Interesting Freudian slip there. Yeah, (laughs) might as well have been a movie. Uh, At the very least, the planets you go to felt very different. Like I still remember the one of the early the weird purple planet. Well, spectacular skybox is pretty much all. The only string to the Ghost Train Rides bow, really, isn't it? It's a good string, though. Okay. I don't know. It's a good string. It's memorable. If you like that like sort if of I, thing. If I remember it, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't that work? I do like that sort of thing. You know I, I think that game's it, great. I think that game has aged very well. You know what I find interesting is to go to one of those YouTube channels like Boundary Break that uh, mm. exp- like go to like the furthest reaches of the skyboxes and just see yeah. at what point the detail starts to break down. Yeah. Because most of them in modern games look really good in like all the places you're supposed to be, uh, but then if you like go to the furthest reaches, like the Dark Souls sandbox, the skybox, and find like lots of all the little like houses made of breakfast cereal cardboard. Breaking boundaries in games makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of scares me a little bit. Like it, it's like I'm not supposed to be here. It's, it's like sort of... if you've ever gotten like I, I, I once got. On my way to the bathroom, got kind of locked in the back rooms of a convention center. And I was like trying to find my way back to the core convention center. I just fucking couldn't. And it was like very weird. It was like a a, a deep feeling inside of me of like, I am not supposed to be here. Um, Ah, you don't like liminal spaces. I think think that's what it is. So is that like, is boundary breaking a liminal space that it just makes me uncomfortable? Maybe. I think it might be more to do with the fact that it's sort of undermining uh, a mystery, sort of sort of exposing the workings and the nuts and bolts of something that uh, might have initially filled you with awe, like, uh, yeah. a, sky, like a skybox. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, don't, I mean, liberal I, uh, spaces in video games, uh, when we bring that up, I always think of, like... Uh, um well back in the day in like the 90s i'd like join a team fortress classic server and it would just turn out there'll be nobody in it so you're just oh. stuck in this multiplayer map all by yourself yeah and you, yeah and 
I've seen like uh, like indie horror games sort of based on that premise, the sort of sure, air, sure. air of the liminal space that comes from being in a multiplayer map by yourself. Yeah, yeah. It feels something wrong. It feels yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you get that same feeling like if, you, like, if you've ever lived in a big city and you've gone out at night in like a day when it's like, no, it's that time of night where like everyone's yeah. already gone home, but no one's well, gotten up yet to go out. And you're like, yeah, or if you go out and like, at four in the morning. If you go out in my, my uh, suburban neighborhood really, really early in the morning to walk the dog or something. Yeah. And there's just no life. Yeah, yeah. There's no lights. There's no sound. There's no cars. There's no dogs barking. Or going to a school, uh, going to your school in the evening because no, you need to, because like you forgot something and need to pick it up. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> I don't like it. I feel like Silent Hill too, or Silent Hill games in general do that sort of liminal space thing well of like, yes. I'm turning a corner and I should see X, but instead I see a very long hallway. That's why. Absolutely, yes. Like House, there's a, House of Leaves. Uh, Silent Hill makes a lot of hay out of the liminal space that can just yeah. be uh, like a like a hospital corridor or an apartment building corridor or a hotel yeah. where no one else appears to be staying. Ooh. Liminal space over regular space. Very, very liminal spacey, Silent Hill. Yeah. Well, yeah, since I, we're evidently not talking about space anymore, shall we go to Super Chats? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I have a couple more games I want to bring up, but some folks uh, are going to get us there in the uh, in the chats, I see. Um, so that's good. Thank goodness we got through this without referencing pronouns in Starfield. We did it, yeah. I mean, God knows <laughs> this why... Week's, the- this week's official stupid fucking drama of the week. God knows why the stupid fucking drama llamas have focused on Starfield for this. I have played many games uh, that ask you your pronouns. I even played, I remember like when Saints Row 2 had a slider for your gender. Yeah. Rather than a binary one or the other. The internet's the worst. Uh, Alex Alex James, welcome to Early Access. Welcome, Alex. Uh, no comment? Apparently not. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see one from Alex. And then Roly Cannoli shows Alex how it's done by actually giving us a comment in five bucks. And says, did you find any classic Bethesda bugs in your playthrough? And if so, which was the most egregious? I'm going to pass on this because I've got a funny anecdote that is referenced in my Zero Punctuation this week. Okay. Did you play, can you say if you played on, I assume PC, right? Yeah. 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 Um, it sounds like from what, from what, Nick, play was, and keyboard. <laughs> from what Nick was saying, uh, it, it, it uh, was, was less buggy on console. I don't know what the fuck he was playing. Yeah. Uh, well, on console. Oh, on console, yeah. On console, on Xbox, but, yeah. Yeah, I ran into quite a few uh, bugs and glitches Yeah, here and there. A lot of it uh, was stuff like characters continuing to be in a fight while you're trying to have a conversation with them, and the camera's still focused on them while they're, like, running around the room. What do you... What's your What's your take on bugs like that? Like, uh, Bethesda Jank has kind of been, like, a, a thing for a very long time, right? Like, what do you what do you feel when you come to a bug? Does it depend on the, well, the Bethesda jank? The Bethesda jank uh, usually breaks immersion. Uh, like, uh, well, I was playing Skyrim and some old lady just walked into the ground, just yeah. descended into the ground like there were stairs there, and I, I don't think anyone ever saw her again. Yeah. Uh, but that's so the hell. She's in her that own sort of thing. Space, the effect of that uh, was limited by the fact that the game is so unimmersive anyway. Because the characters all like look, and they always look good at a distance. Bethesda games, but once you get close and look at the way the characters act and the way they talk and the way they keep up the fixed eye contact bio face while you're talking to them, really strong eye contact. Yeah, 
uh, it just you never really feel immersed anyway. Yeah. Really so the bug, strong the, eye contact. And the bugs are really like game breaking or like uh, you know, soft locking, so you know, they're fun to talk about. Yeah, and when you I see think, them, it's like the it's like a fun is... little. It's like you know, seeing a deer in your front yard. Oh, a little glitch in my everyday life. That would make an interesting here. story. Yeah, as long as it doesn't like, like make me have to redo a bunch or like completely bork my progress. Mm. Um, I'm fine. Let, give me give me a nice little goof. Which can happen. I'm sure some yeah. people have had like soft locking bugs in Starfield. Oh, absolutely. And those those uh, those I do not laugh at. Mm. Uh, just Justin Stoll gives $5 and says, it's pretty amazing that Starfield couldn't do seamless travel compared to games almost decades old. Do you want to do seamless travel? Like, do you want to be flying for seven hours to a Well, obviously, obviously we'd want some kind of fast travel as in, you know, hyperspace system like, like Elite Dangerous where you're traveling vast distances, but, you know, as if it's like a 10-minute commute to the shops. <laughs> So it's mostly it's not, just instead of a loading screen, I want it to be like yeah, it's not instantaneous travel. It's just uh, hyper accelerated standard travel. So you you see the whole way there, you're just uh, moving at uh, faster than light speeds because of science fiction shit. But didn't uh, I feel like uh, a very different game? But the the God of War, the new God of Wars, the two of them. They do their whole, there's no cuts in this game, there's no loading screens, and they mask it by having you go to the Yggdrasil, and then you walk around the tree, and then you go mm. into another door, and you're somewhere else. And I feel like a lot of people were like, this is, should we have just had loading screens? Like, should we have just had me choosing a place and, and saying, hey, I want to go there? Because like it's a cute trick, but at a certain point, you're like, I want to do the thing, and I don't want to have to kind of go through the dog and pony show. But immersion, man. Im- I, I don't know. Am I, am I the only person, Chad? Am I weird that when I'm playing a game, I'm not? I never once in my in my wildest dreams am I like I am in this. I am immersed. I'm in this game. Well, back like, in the day when I used to play World of Warcraft, uh, to fast travel to places, you couldn't usually do it instantly. You had to get on the back of like a flying bat or whatever or a griffin sure. and fly across the land to get to the place you want to be. And by doing that, it gave you a real. Uh, palpable sense of the bigness of the world yeah which you yeah. don't get from just instantaneous fast travel like in skyrim mm-hmm. hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Also, chat seems at a disagreement of whether I'm weird for not getting immersed in games. I guess it like, depends. I like the games and I get like invested in them, but I'm never like, ah, it is me, Kratos, the god of war. Well, uh, I guess it comes down to how interesting the traversal is. I mean, uh, in something like Spider-Man, you're happy to traverse your way from point A to point B because it's just fun to web swing across the city. Yeah. That's, uh, to me, if, if if a game has fast travel and I'm choosing not to do it, um, then, th- then that game has good traversal. Or that game has interesting shit between point A and point B. That's what traversal is. Yeah. Um... 
have we done with that topic? Shall we move on? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think we're at Pattern Pike now. Yes, Pattern Pike, five dollars to say. Do you think space exploration would be more enjoyable if the space travel involved more real world mechanics, like having to think about gravity? That could be very <sighs> different. I don't think <laughs> it would be that interesting on like a planetary scale. Yeah. I mean, having to worry about the gravitational pull of something the size of a planet is something that, you know, the the greatest heads of NASA struggle with. Uh, It's not really something I want to have to worry about in my fun times. Yeah, and there are games that, like, have a part of that as their core mechanic. Like, Kerbal is about launching the ship, right? I was certainly certainly thinking about Kerbal Space Program, as I said all that. Yeah. and like even when we were playing Pulsar, like we had to each be doing our own little jobs and being like, oh, what is this? Is this meter good? And like, what is what is my reading and communicating with each other? Which is like a very specific thing. But I don't know if any of those would really fit in in Starfield or make Starfield better. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it has to be fun and not like a job, which is why people like playing Stardew Valley more than they like playing Farming Simulator. Yeah, I mean, that's always the, like, you have to land somewhere on the, is it, like, fun to realism spectrum. And games can be on different places, like the the truck Euro Truck Simulator is on the simulator, you know, the realism end of it, and that has its audience, but, you know, so does... Yeah, I mean, it depends what you want. If you want immersion, then you want more realism, but if you want engagement, you might want more fun. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I guess those are different. Yeah, I like engagement. There you go. Well, people can be engaged by an immersive experience, so, you know, this is semantics. True. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Tommy Salty, our resident music man, gives 10 PLNs and says, Marty gets Mass Effect streams when? Someday I'll play Mass Effect. And I will have so many thoughts on Shepard and all the aliens you can kiss. I wonder... No, I guess these are all like... These sort of such and such plays, such and such, are all sort of things for people's blind spots, like the one really popular thing you never got around to playing. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think of what it would be in my case. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because you've been, I feel like by virtue of the job, you've been playing pretty much the, yeah. all the biggest releases of every year, right? I mean, for me, uh, like, it would be movies. Like, there are lots of very, very popular oh, yeah. movies I have never seen. Yeah, I'm sure there's things that are considered like part of the canon. Yeah, uh, there might be an interesting series in forcing me to watch like all the Marvel movies and getting my oh opinion no. at the end of it. Can we give you better? Can we give you something better? <laughs> uh, well, I've never watched E.T. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah you should watch E.T. That's really good. <clears throat> uh, Humane Shield gives 199 and says, How does your Sci-If game use space? Meaning sci-fi, I assume. I like Sci-If, though. That's well, like sci-fi with mysteries. Well, for Starstruck Vagabond, I'm very deliberately doing the Stardew Valley thing, where it's like the simple cartoon version of the workaday grind. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the primary gameplay loop, of course, is something that's important to me, and I wanted to make uh, traversing through space at least uh, fun and engaging in a certain way. So you have to like travel across space to get to the planets, uh, but you do have to do a little mini-game where you dodge asteroids and stuff that, as they come towards you. And it's basically just a fidget toy to keep you occupied while you listen to your podcast. Is it real? Is it like take place in in our solar system, or is it like made up planets? It's a made up entire galaxy of planets. What goes into making up a planet? 
Well, you start to make up a plan. Uh, quite a f- well, I start with uh, a random name generator. Okay. And I have a bunch of like random continental patterns. Okay. And uh, then I randomize where all the rocks and plants are on the surface. But you don't think of them like a themed level? Like, I'm going to do my fire planet now. Not really. They've all mm-hmm. got random colors as well. Gotcha. I find it interesting how people make, even like D&D maps. What kind of people come up with this? Usually they just base it on some specific school of architecture or history that they like. Like, I've seen uh, like I've seen people like dump like dump shit onto like paper and then sort of use that to trace certain things and like depending on how the stuff lands like if this is a mountain range this is like this is oh right yeah <clears throat> like you can like design a continental map just by like spilling coffee on a yeah, yeah, piece exactly. of paper oh what's it people do they just like spill pasta on a piece of paper and then draw around the clumps of pasta and that's your like there island you that's your island yeah. map yeah that's your archipelago. What would be the best pasta for an island map? Well, like doing think, spaghetti would be terrible. Well, no, like yes, elbow macaroni. Yes. Uh, I guess, but there might be some very like repetitive fjords developing. <laughs> yeah. I guess you'd want to use rice or something, something with yeah, a small, rice. A small enough pieces that you create all kinds of different shapes. Yeah, because someone would end up looking at your map and be like, "That just looks like rigatoni. What is yeah. going on here?" <laughs> Did you use lasagna sheets? <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Lee gives 499 and says, Would love to hear your thoughts, stroke philosophies on split screen. What types of games benefit most from it, and which games do you wish had it? Thanks. Well, that's exclusively a local multiplayer thing, isn't it? Split screen? Mm-hmm. Well, not exclusively, because didn't... Oh, yeah, fucking... Um... It takes two. Yes, and a way yeah. out. And a way out, yeah. Both had split screen, even if it was just uh, playing online multiplayer. I think that yeah. was a stylistic choice, though. Yeah, I think it was like they want you to be able to see what the other person's doing at all times and vice versa. Yeah. Um, did you... like? So I have a lot of fond memories of split screen growing up um, with, like, from the N64 to the Dreamcast to the GameCube and stuff. And then, obviously, like, once I was no longer living with a bunch of my friends in college and online kind of took over, then... That kind of went away, but uh, I, I still hold split screen and local multiplayer in uh, in very high regard. Yeah, I guess that comes just anymore. comes down to your upbringing because yeah. I didn't do much of it at all. I basically just locked myself mm-hmm. in my room playing Monkey Island all day. Yeah, no split so, screen in Monkey Island. Well, I don't have any particular nostalgic view of it, and yeah. uh, it just feels like uh, you could be enjoying this by yourself, and then the action could fill the whole screen, and everything wouldn't seem so like compressed. Yeah, but there was the the, the joy of uh, playing playing Mario Kart against other people or or Gold. Do you prefer side by people. side or top and bottom? Mm, who side by side? Well, I, I guess, guess with with modern TVs, I would yeah, prefer yeah. side by side. Like with an old CRT, I think top and bottom works. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like it's it's you know some people are still there's there's indie games that are still carrying the torch like we just wrote that story up about how the Doom uh, or not Doom Quake Two remaster has eight player split screen which is fuck knows why absurd. yeah it is more just a goof uh, yeah but then even like the Mario Mario Wonder the upcoming Mario game has has a bunch of local multiplayer I feel like Nintendo is still kind of 
carrying the torch of, of with with you know Mario Kart and and Mario Party and all that Lego games George Lucas yeah yeah a lot of modern Mario uh focuses on local multiplayer they very rarely use split screen though they'll usually just no. like zoom the camera out yeah 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 that's how that uh there's that disney um what they tend to do in games like uh new super um what is it like new super super mario 3d world yeah is that they'll just arbitrarily pick one of the players to focus on usually the one that's trying to push forward and everyone who's not pushing forward is like sort of pushed off screen and then they yeah yeah then they get put into a bubble yeah Lego. I like the way the Lego games did it, to where if you were close enough, it would be you'd be sharing the screen, and then if you start splitting up, it would eventually it would just kind of seamlessly split the screen. And so, like if one player was running to the left and the other player was running to the right, then the screen would split, and that's oh, where yeah. your, your things would be. So you're not yeah. tethered to the other person. But then if you get close enough, or you're in like a single boss room or a puzzle room, then it's just a shared screen. Yeah, the Lego the well. Lego games do do a lot of that. Yeah. Anyway, Eamon Bode. Uh, gives five dollars and says just give it another 10 years and dwarf fortress will have their amazing history generation but for space with dwarves and alcoholism yeah was, uh, was it ever that big dwarf fortress was it ever bigger I, than a niche i mean didn't it like just like come out like in terms of like no way man was, like people were been like talking up dwarf fortress for decades haven't they no like I think it like just released out of early access. Am I am I insane? I yeah, December sixth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, recently there's been like a like an official Steam release, but it's been like a yeah. open source thing for a long time. Yeah, um, but yeah, I know that's a game that like those. It's I think just the two dudes and like they've gotten just filthy rich off of it. Yeah, I, I group it with uh, Eve Online in the thing in the world of where it's all about the meta game. Sure. And the relationships certain obsessive people have with it. Yeah, and it feels like a part-time job to jump in. Yeah, But I love hearing stories about it. Uh, moving on. Chris S., member for 13 months in early access, says RPGs are social. The true space vibe is loneliness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's certainly what Dead Space brings out. Yeah. Yeah, de- your Dead Space, your alien isolation, sort of. Yeah, the clues are in the title there. That's how those games are going to be about loneliness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then again, like, space vibes, like, you know, Destiny. Do you count Destiny as a... Yeah, Destiny's a space game, right? Uh, You're hopping about planets. I guess. Yeah, yeah, you go to yeah planet. planet to planet. Most yeah. of the action's on the ground, but yeah, you sure. go to different yeah. planets. Um, but yeah, Destiny's, Destiny's a, a shared experience. But yeah, I mean, a lot of those... Pretty much all Star Wars aside, pretty much all of my favorite space movies are sad, lonely person in space. Oh, you ever seen John trauma. Carpenter's Dark Star? I have. I really that's like great. that film. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's one one of his most underrated and underappreciated movies. It was Everyone's his first film, it. wasn't it? Yeah, I think. Well, if not as I'd like, maybe he did like a really small thing beforehand, but I think that was his first like actual capital yeah. movie. Yeah. Anyway. Zanwild1 gives five Canadian dollars and says, how about building planets with civilizations like an expanded shadow of Mordor Nemesis system? Well, each of those civilizations would have to be represented by individuals from that civilization. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, you know, is a bit Star Trek-y when you think about it. The old, every single member of this civilization has the exact same personality type thing. Sure. Some kind of a hive mind. Yeah, it's... 
it's also tough just being like, what if they use the Nemesis system for this? Because even Warner Brothers, who's who's um, has the the copyright and trademark on it, hasn't used it in no. six years. You know, I like you just talking about the Wonder Woman game, but but like, all you're really saying here is why not just procedurally generate civilizations on planets? Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think it's it's procedurally you... generated, but then also like it reacts and evolves based on like. How how do you proceed to generate an entire culture? You just sort of run a whole load of systems before the game starts, like simulating history and changing uh, changing I the civilization guess. subtly as you go. Yeah, I guess. Just like oh, we've uh, we've we randomly rolled that five hundred years ago there was a civil war, so now it's a now it's a communist dictatorship. Yeah. I yeah, guess. it's like almost simulating a, a giant game of Civ beforehand, and then having a game be set and then just hitting pause at a certain point and being like, all right, the game is set in an alternate universe where this is what history was like. Suddenly I'm intrigued by that as a programming challenge. Just procedurally generate like like a society of people, like it's like uh, uh, Rim Space or whatever that game's called. Rimworld? Rimworld, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, just procedurally generate like the actions of a bunch of people in a society for a while and then after like 500 simulated years, then throw the player in and yeah, see... Yeah. See how it's turned out. Yeah. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Interesting. Something to think about. Uh, John Brooks gives £50. A big old deep red super chat, no less. Oh my god, John Brooks. And says, surprise week off means I catch one live and not waiting for the podcast. Just want to thank you all for the listening on Shift. The ZP Collections backlog of this and Breakout have kept me going all year. Cheers, lads. Well, John, thank you if so you much. didn't suspect John Brooks was English from the pound thing, the cheers lads thing at the end, certainly underline that fact. I don't get called a lad enough, and so I appreciate it. Thank you, John Brooks. Uh, Baradis gives $5 and says, How about a space game without fast travel or FTL, but with time dilation? The universe ages decades or centuries while you age months or years. Well, it'd be interesting to see how you'd execute that. Yeah. So you'd it like the- you'd have NPCs that just, after you've every time you ha- have to travel from one star system to the next, that they age 10 years. And then after you, like, I'm assuming you've never seen Interstellar, the Christopher Nolan movie. I have, I have seen that actually. Okay, so Weirdly. that has that water planet they go down to, and yeah. because of gravity or black hole or some shit like that, by the time they get back up to their ship, like two hours later, it's been ten years for the guy who's up there. Maybe you could do a sort of rogue legacy thing where uh, you keep oh, having yeah. to deal with like the next generation of characters, yeah, because people keep yeah. dying, and it's like you have to choose who goes down to the planet and who stays yeah. on the ship. Yeah, and like yeah, some well, people it's... are more suited to spend ten years on a ship, and other people are more suited to. Well, now we're talking about making it a sort of um, sort of space station management game, like um, yeah, what was it called? That game where you manage a space station? Ah, it's probably a few. Yeah, it's got to be sort of. So, uh, what am I thinking of? It's like sort of the theme hospital thing, but where you're on a space station and you micromanage oh. all the rooms and all the uh, NPCs just milling around and try to make sure all their needs are net. 
All their, all their needs are met. Ooh, spoonerism. Oh, needs are net. Uh, Uninten- unintended spoonerism. Everyone, everyone fire the uh, unintended spoonerism alarm. Homeworld 3, Fallout Shelter, FTL. I yeah, as I, said, as I said, there's probably a few. I just can't think of a, the specific a one I was thinking of. Did you ever play Observation? That was very different than any of these I games. did. I reviewed it. I really liked that game, actually. Yeah, so did I. That team's work. That team's doing a Silent Hill game, like the small indie Silent Hill. Game. I know, and okay. you know, I hope it's good. Uh, I know it's an original game, so it's not yeah. like just a Silent Hill two remake, remake like nope. some people are making. <laughs> so I'll be interested to see what they come up with. I feel like I would have been more interested in an original IP, but there we go. You got to get their Silent Hill bucks. Uh, Karuta Cowboy member for thirty eight months in bonus content. That is a lot of months. And says, I know it's unrelated, but what day do you guys consider the end of the week? I always thought Sunday, but apparently a lot of people think Saturday. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I like Saturday. No, Sunday. No, I tend Monday to is think... the first day of the week. Yeah. But then, yeah. you know, we have day jobs. We have day jobs. Yeah, I think that a lot of that has to do with what is your schedule, since we yeah. generally work Monday through some Friday. People, um, in some cultures, Sunday is thought of as the first day of the week. That's yeah. what we're getting out of there, I assume. No, Sunday's when I get all my shit done. Mm. It's a shit done day. Sunday is a day for relaxing and putting your feet up. Exactly. Uh, Tsunami Dusha gives $10 and says, Greetings, gentlemen. I haven't much to contribute to Space Games conversation other than liking the arcade on-rail games of Star Fox 64 and X-Zodiac. However, Yahtzee already said those are sci-fi. Yes. You know don't let don't let Yahtzee burst your space bubble. You call it anything I, you want, space. I ruin everyone's fun like a cheeky little troll. Tee-hee-hee-hee. <laughs> <laughs> uh Star Fox is great. Um what's more of a space game, Star Fox or Metroid? Probably Star Fox, in that you actually oh, fly Fox. spaceships in it. Yeah, in Metroid you pretty much just land on a planet and you're like oh, Although you are in like power armor in Metroid, so you know True. arguably they're both about piloting some kind of craft. But now we're getting very pedantic. This is a mech. Yeah. It's just a mech. Is it still a mech if it's human-sized and it's just like one-to-one proportions of your body? Like, is Iron Man's costume a mech? Exactly. That's the question. At what point does it become a mech? Like, is a Warhammer Space Marine a mech? Is I just finished Mario Odyssey. When he throws his hat on something, does that become a mech? Oh, let's not even get into this. His spirit, his spirit is controlling the mech of a Goomba. I'm moving on now. That was a weird way to pronounce Goomba, incidentally. Goomba! Goomba. <laughs> Nick Knoll gives $10 and says, Shipbreaker was a masterclass on world building. I spent 20 minutes alone reading the EULA you had to sign at the start, condemning you to indentured servitude. Play like a great short story. You must have been apocalyptically bored, Nick Knoll. That's really good. That they, Wait, the EULAs, they have goofs in the EULA? I guess. Yeah. Do you think there's anyone who reads every EULA that is like, I don't want the government to come for me? Absolutely so not. Has to be someone. They probably all died out a long time ago. <laughs> D- disease came for them. Fungus Finder gives two dollars and says, "So if I like No Man's Sky, am I likely to like Starfield? I might recommend you just play some more No Man's Sky, Fungus Finder, if that's what you like." I mean, I guess yeah. if you like No Man's Sky and also equally like Skyrim, you might yeah. I, one might recommend Starfield. Also, if you have Game Pass, and I don't know if you do, it's going to be free on Game Pass during tomorrow. It's going to be a part of Game Pass, so it's an Ooh. easy... Uh, Starfield is, so it's going to be... I feel like it's an easy an easy try if you have that. 
uh, Humane Shield, who's misspelled uh, username, always kind of throws me off, gives nine ninety nine. <laughs> And says, I felt Chris Roberts' space game Freelancer from the 2000 had a decent balance of space travel, combat, and commerce mechanics that made the game memorable. Yes, uh, a lot of people had nostalgia for Chris Roberts' old games, didn't they? And uh, all of those people are now continually allowing Star Citizen to drain their bank accounts, it seems. They're now funding, uh, uh, they're officially funding uh, a Ponzi scheme. Uh, No, it's probably real, right? Star Citizen's real. Do you think you'll ever review Star Citizen? Do you think in your career this game will ever come out? Um, well, never say never. Sure. I mean, I, I kind of assumed at one point Duty Can Forever would never come out, and that sure. was proved yeah. wrong on that. Yeah, it probably would have been better off. But if it's going to happen, it's going to happen much in the way Duty Can Forever came out, because the company, like, shut down, and some other company was given the build and had to sort of hastily smash together what they had yeah. to produce a commercial product. Yeah. And if they if the, the plebs keep giving money to Star Citizen, that's not likely to happen anytime soon. But Chris Chris Roberts might be the uh, he might be he might be like the the, the the person most associated with space games, right? With his with his Wing Commanders and his, his Star Lancer and his Freelancer. I always think of David Brabham, the creator of uh, Elite, because mm. he's making shit like Planet Zoo these days. Yeah, Nick, we I think we bullied Nick into finally downloading Star Citizen. Because Nick always says, no, it's real. And I'm always like, it's fake. And so Nick's finally going to download it. <laughs> Good. How much of it is available to download at this point? I think it's like a big, I don't know. I know people have played like 100 hours of it. So like, I don't is it, know. It has so a is, very is it, messy Wikipedia page. Let me is it a you. playable game at this point? I don't know. Nick's going to do journalism. What, what Nick's going to do there, journalism. Is there a, a storyline? Is there a is reason like to Mark do anything Hamill in it? it? Or is Mark Hamill in the other one? Squadron 42, which is also not out? I know. Squadron 42 Mark... is like the single p- the player story-based game set in that same universe. Well, I guess Chris Roberts might have already known him because Mark Hamill, of course, was in one of the FMV Wing Commander games. That's right. The cast of Squadron 42 includes Gary Oldman, Mark Hamill, Gillian Anderson, Mark Strong, Andy Serkis, John Reese davis John Huston. Henry Cavill, Ben Mendelsohn, what is going on with this game? Funny, it's almost as if that game production has money to burn. <laughs> yes, Eric from Tim and Eric. What is this game? This cannot be a it real is, game. Nick, you is. gotta get you gotta get out of this one. Isn't Gillian Anderson great though? He is. I'm rewatching the X Files now, and she is just fucking perfect. And she's also just she's perfect now. She was perfect then. Oh my god. Very few uh woman actors in Hollywood successfully transition. From a uh, sex symbol to mature lady acting, and she's just great. Her, she's her and Meryl Streep. Both like, great. Have you told me in like the nineties that one day Gillian Anderson would play Margaret Thatcher? Yeah, I would. I would have slapped you. <laughs> out of out of sheer anger. Yeah, she's great. Uh, Humane Shield gives 999 and says, Look, we're traveling faster than the speed of light. That means by the time we see something, we've already passed through it. Even with an IQ of 6,000, it's still brown trousers time. And that's a quote from Red Dwarf, which uh, Humane Shield may be trying to manipulate my favor. <laughs> and it's working because you're the world's number one Red Dwarf fan. You're Apparently. the number one Red Dwarf fan in my life because you're the only person who brings it up. Oh, okay. I mean, so I haven't really watched. I actually haven't watched the latest season. 
and uh, I've only watched like the one bef- that came before that like once. So there's probably much bigger Red Dwarf fans than I in the world now. Not that I know, though. Not that I interact with them. You want to ask? I also had no idea they're still making this fucking show. If you have questions about season three, four, five, or six, or one or two, uh, then I will uh, talk your ear off all day. I mean, you knew that. You knew that quote. I thought Humane Shield was just was just spouting nonsense. No, that quote was from uh, season one, episode two, Future Echoes. And you're trying to say you're not the biggest Red Dwarf fan I know. God okay, damn. Fine. I don't even know what a Red Dwarf is. Is that like a star that's dying? Well, that's what a Red Dwarf is in the world of astronomy, yes. But Red yeah. Dwarf is also the title of a British uh, science fiction sitcom that first aired in the late 80s and has continued to this day. Well, fun fact. Uh, the Did you make a game instead of guessing what what game uh, uh the screenshots from you need to guess what episode of red dwarf the screenshots from i could that. almost certainly do very well with that yes Make unless that. it's like season eight onwards we would never use season eight the dogmatic director member for 16 months and bonus content says my favorite thing about starfield is how helium makes me over encumbered well when you pick well, up i mean it's a helium container right well if whenever you pick up a resource in starfield uh your character is always somehow acquired some kind of jar to put it in it's yeah, almost always like in some you, kind of like powdered form like uh if you, you like rent out a, a helium tank for like balloons yeah that doesn't weigh nothing that's that's, that's, that's yeah, a heavy yeah. thing have you did you have any over encumbrance? i don't want to step on the shoes of your um review do you bring up encumbrance um, sort of tangentially, more related to uh, the crafting in the game. Gotcha. I've seen a lot of people. There's been a lot of a lot of discussion about encumbrance, and it's like, well, well I was probably less everything. I was probably less bothered by the encumbrance because I took one look at the crafting and said, I am absolutely not doing any of this. <laughs> I am not engaging with this mechanic. Yeah, because uh, it's like you go to like an upgrade station, and it's like, hey, you want this upgrade? Here's three very obscure things. So I'm like, what? So I'm just supposed to pick up every piece of garbage I find that says this is a crafting item, keep it for later, because that's literally everything. Every like random test tube holder on every random shelf says this is a crafting item to be used somewhere. There's a lot of things in games to where I just find a mechanic and I'm like, I'm just not going to engage with this. I'm just, I'm going to make my way through the game. Maybe my life will be harder, but I'm just not going to. I'm just not going to do this thing. I was feeling that way. I was feeling that way when I was playing Lies of P the other day. Yeah. You're not allowed to say that. That's your bargo busting. Hey, demo's been out for ages, so uh, oh, I can yeah. I can talk about I can talk about the mechanic where you can like uh, upgrade the blade and the hilt of your weapon and you like can. mix and match to create whole new weapons with different abilities. Did it? Did it do what Zelda didn't? Did it, did it allow you to put something dumb on the end of a weapon? Not no, not really. Oh. Uh, but uh, it's got this whole thing where you can. Uh, expend an item to modify uh, uh, the stat uh, leveling of a specific hilt, and I was like, I'm probably not going to bother with this very much. Yep. <laughs> no, I will respectfully decline this mechanic. I feel that way about grenade launchers in Resident Evil games. I just played through Resident Evil Zero, and there was a grenade launcher with like three different types of ammo, and I'm like, I don't have enough inventory to deal with this shit. I'm just never using a grenade launcher. I'm just going to stick with a shotgun. It's very simple. I understand what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, time for grenade launchers. 
I felt that way about System Shock 2 for a while, but then in my latest like run-through, I was decided to focus on being like a, uh, someone who uh, diversifies across all the standard weapons. So oh. I could have a pistol and a shotgun and an assault rifle and a grenade launcher. There you go. And uh, you can get through the game pretty easily with all of those. And just like kicking exotic weapons in the head completely. Hyorth87 gives 50 Danish Kroner and says, Best space game, in my opinion, was Homeworld. They did all three axes in space combat in 1998 and had most sad and beautiful moment with the song Adagio for Strings. Okay, never played it. Homeworld's, uh, Homeworld's a beloved game. Relic? That was an old Relic game. Oh, I've, I've also it? never played it. Yeah. I know Homeworld 3 is coming out. I believe Gearbox is, is um, publishing it. Huh. That's all I know about. Homeworld. Well, there you go. Alex James, member for 13 months in early access, says, want a comment? Thoughts on Star Wars Outlaws? Oh, I... that was Alex James who you shamed at the beginning for joining, for, for upgrading the membership, and then not oh. leaving a comment. Well, how is he a member for 13 months now? Oh, he upgraded. I think it was just like okay, renewed. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I haven't seen Star Wars Outlaws and don't care. It I looks very. I am so there excited. is very little that will make me give a shit about anything Star Wars related oh, for a very long. I wish it would just go away for a while. That's how you get people nostalgic for something: is that you have it go away for a while. That is true, but it went away for a while, and then it came back, and we got the the J.J. Abrams movie. Yes, well, Star Wars Outlaws worked, looks. Well, it worked well, didn't it? So maybe you should try that again. Just piss off. Piss Except off for, for twenty years, and then do your fucking sequel for trilogy. No, Star Wars Outlaws is a Ubisoft game, ubiquitous soft. Oh, that. Yeah, it's hard to tell because there's so much random Star Wars Star series Wars. now. There's a lot of there's a lot of Star Wars. I will I'm have thoughts good. on Star Wars Outlaws after I have played it, and not before. Piss off. Grand Theft Auto in space. Sign yeah, yeah, Yahtzee yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camden Ninja gives five dollars and says, "I think space needs mystery. A sense of some greater unknown out there we've yet to see. Whether we ever actually get to see it in game is irrelevant." I think that's a good. Not quite. I think As I say, point. it's the final frontier. Yeah. People mapped the whole world, and now the whole world is boring. And mm-hmm. space will presumably get boring once it's been mapped. But before it's been mapped, there might be dragons. Yeah. There might be a gigantic space kraken around. Oh no! Not a space corner. kraken. Get that space kraken out of here. Um, yeah, I think outer. I think outer wilds does that very well, and I, it sounds like Starfield does it very well as as it goes as it goes on. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it does more. the old, you know, ooh, secret precursor alien race, ooh, the mysteries. Yeah. Of the Love me a precursor. Not a post-cursor, though. Get these post-cursors out of here. Uh, hang on, just, uh, you might have cool. noticed an absence of toffee, because uh, while we were away for the Labor Day weekend, uh, he's he was staying in his favorite kennel place. Does he have a good time when he goes there? Well, we like to think so. Yeah. And they always make sure to give him a bath. Oh, uh, that's nice. Uh, when we pick him up, so presumably he gets into some scrapes. Yeah. Some scrapes. See, we take him to the in-laws' cabin, but uh, he has a history of pissing everywhere. That's bad. You can't do that in a cabin. I know firsthand, if you go to someone's cabin, you just can't be pissing there. Anyway. Nicholas J.M. gives $10 and says, I do like it when the co-op gameplay can be supportive or antagonistic. 
where you can mess with each other even if it doesn't help. Lego games are good for that, surprisingly. Love you both. Oh, thank you. Yeah, co-op co-op games are about having to work together in unison and also being able to sort of fuck with each other. Yeah, I think that came up in It Takes Two a fair bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, having like little playful systems where you're, you're, you're not necessarily like really impeding the other person's progress but like yeah, even like just, mario has some of those caught mario games you like pick up a character and kind of just yeah, throw him just, a, throw them, throw him just, just to piss him about yeah which is annoying if you've got a shared lives pool as that it's could be the annoying case then, yeah in super mario 3d world yeah that could be very annoying but anyway meister kleister heist air is two euros says ftl is my number one space game but i also didn't play many a lot of people love that ftl yeah, it's pretty good and pretty unique as space games go. Because as I say, it's almost zero focus on traversal through space. Um, did you play Subset's uh, game after that, uh, Into the Breach? I'm aware of it. I did try it. But, uh, you know, as much as I like FTL and I respect that developer, I just couldn't get into that. Sure. It's not the kind of game I like. Sorry. It should be that game into the breach came out like five or six years ago, so I feel like whatever they're doing next should probably be on the docket. FTL I, came out ten years ago. FTL came out ten years ago next week. Oh, no, that I don't know math. I don't know math. I fucked up math. <laughs> Eleven years ago. Okay then. <laughs> I don't know math at all. Would have been a, Eleven years uh, ago is still a long should, time. Guess we should have uh, marked it last year then, but we did. Mazel tov. Tsunami Dusha gives $10 and says, Off topic, last week I mentioned to Marty a game called Rabbit X Labyrinth. It is indeed a puzzle platformer. More importantly, enjoy another $10. Okay. Thank you. Um, I, I, uh, I still have the Rabbit X uh, Labyrinth um, window open. Tab open. There you go. Uh, Kyle Pina gives $10 and says, Starfield is an anagram of deli farts. And like deli meat, it looks good, gets old, and can't be returned. Well, I'm glad someone found a way to make fun of the title without making a Garfield reference, Kyle Pina. The Garfield references are very good. Also, yeah. deli farts is very funny. I'm annoyed because I did it inevitably. I did a Garfield joke in my ZP, and uh, then there was like nine different Garfield jokes on Twitter since I wrote it. They're still very funny. I don't think there's like a limit to the amount of Garfield jokes one could make. <clears throat> Humane Shield gives nine ninety nine and says Red Dwarf is about the wacky adventure of its cast as they travel through the galactic graveyard of humanity, but you got to laugh. The series after eight are just as good as those in series seven. I note you're not trying to say that they're just as good as seasons one to six, Humane Shield. Series seven <laughs> was actually where it started going downhill. So, so you're not you really go. you're not really selling the most recent seasons at this point. But it's not a downward spiral. It's just a solid step below. So there yeah. you go. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah. sure. There are franchises in worse shape at this point, I suppose. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, well, that was the last Super Chat. Oh, my gosh. We did it. Yeah, you all did very good. I'm very proud of you guys. Well done. Thank you very much. Uh, where are we? Sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. I'm distracted by uh, the thought of going to pick up toffee at the kennel. 
Oh, don't worry. We'll we'll just we'll breeze through. What else? What do you got going on this week? I know Wednesday oh. you have you have Sea of Stars going on yeah. to everyone. Yeah, it's a very star themed Wednesday because star, Sea of Stars is going out on YouTube publicly, and my Starfield review will go out for members. I have a feeling that's going to bring in some members. Give us the dash. Yeah, and then uh, members can watch last week's extra punctuation, and it'll be available to everyone on Thursday. Correct? Ah, uh, yes, that is on the subject of uh, the beginning of Bioshock. I'm just really breaking down why I think it's so good. It's a, really, it's a very good beginning. Yeah, we we had a whole uh, podcast on the subject relatively just a recently. Really good on very good beginnings of games. Heck yeah. And then uh, the new adventure is now. I went up to members as well this weekend. Let, that is, that as weekend. well, yes. And uh, that will be available for everyone on Saturday. So it's uh, good. It's the it's the week that's good for public members who aren't members as opposed to yeah. the week that's good for <laughs> I've noticed those those members. oscillate it'll be like a week where it's like oh my god members get uh stuff of legends and extra punctuation and adventurous nigh and uh design delve and then another week it's like you know what fucking cool it cool it everybody you got enough last week and then Dimitri gives two Canadian dollars and says no this one is and then no. Jim Matchett gives another two dollars and says nope this one is keep it up oh lads. my god we, uh, one up ship we're keeping the lights on here so what else <laughs> what is coming out on the escapist this week uh today is tuesday not monday uh so frost and nick frost nixon will be back uh in at 3 p.m central so about 90 minutes from now uh going through dark souls 2 nick is getting into the nick is deep into the back half of dark souls 2 so we're proud of nick nick is doing very well interesting the contrast between dark souls 1 and 2 because in dark souls 1 it's uh, like fairly open at uh, it's fairly linear at the start and becomes open after you have to go mm-hmm. after the four Lord Souls. And in yeah. Dark Souls Two, it's pretty. It's really open at the start. You can go yeah. where you go after the four Lord Souls, and then it becomes linear. And then you get railroaded. Yeah, that's uh, it's funny how that works. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that'll be then, and then uh, yeah, tomorrow all the regular streams. We'll be doing uh, Breakout, uh, more uh, Jesse Pirate Adventures, and then obviously the post CP on uh, Sea of Stars. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday at noon, we'll be uh, launching our Zelda streaming series. Um, Jesse will be playing mm. Link to the Past for the first time. Jack yeah, speaking us. of gaming blind spots, who's ne- yeah, who's, there you go. Who the hell's never played a Zelda game? Friday has the balls to show up to work. That's Je- well, you know what, and he's going to love it. And if he doesn't love it, I'm going to be very sad. Where's he? Where are we starting him on? Because you know, if you start with the Link very the first past. Zelda, start with Link to the Past. Okay. Yeah, it's like it. it, it it gets the point across of the first Zelda, but it's just a lot yeah. more polished and, and playable in modern. You days. start with Zelda one and Zelda two. That's just going to make people confused, isn't it? No, it's good. No, you're going to get to Zelda two and be like, I don't want to play these. I don't. No. I don't want to go any further. Um, so yeah, check out that, and then yeah, all all sorts of great stuff on the site. New episode of Out of Time on uh, Lost Odyssey. I mentioned Design and Alpha Stuff of Legends. Just check out all that great shit. And then Patent Pike gives two dollars and says, "This one is." Oh, you know what I could stream for, like, our blind spot streams? I could do the Danganronpa games. The Donkey Kong rom-coms. Except Incredible. I haven't really got time to put another stream in my weekly schedule, so maybe not. Uh, you need to stop watching so much Red Dwarf. That's your problem. Apparently. Also, Danganronpa, to... visual novel, streaming visual novels. Yeah, that was my whole thing about streaming Mass Effect. Like, isn't this a game I should probably be paying attention to? Quite, yeah. Yeah. I guess your perfect stream game is stuff like Hi-Fi Rush or Spider-Man, where it's just fun to watch people traverse to places. Yeah. Anyway. 
Thanks for watching, stroke listening to slightly something else. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Pat and Pike gives $2 and says, this one is. And then Bag of Decks, member for 16 months in early access, says, missed most of this stream. Diff day messed me up. Sorry, we're back to the normal schedule. This is not a regular thing. This was just because of the holiday. We'll be back on Monday. Yeah, we're back next Monday. It was, yeah, it was a holiday. It was Labor Day. Which is in the UK as well, they said. Someone said. Everyone Um, gets a little labor. I thought someone said. Or maybe it was just like a random ass bank holiday. I was God thinking, I, I thought I thought Labor Day was just an American thing because I was writing out Labor Day on my tweet this morning and I was spelling it with a U and that immediately didn't look right. <laughs> like this doesn't work. Yeah. If it was in England, I'd assume you were talking about the political party. Oh, apparently there is a Labor Day in the UK. Oh, International Workers Day. I don't know. Yeah, no that's not, I don't think that's the same thing. No. Anyway, see y'all next time. Bye, everyone. Toffee will be back in my next stream, probably. Yay. Bye.